Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Radio.org. Now, here's our show today. Leviticus, the third book of the Bible, begins this way. Then the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. It's marvelous that this book begins with God speaking. Through the ages, God has revealed himself and his plan to mankind through speaking. There is much speaking of God ahead for all of us in the coming weeks as today we begin our life study of Leviticus and Francis Ball has returned to be with us for uh, a very important program, I think, to get us off on the right foot. Francis, I'm glad you could be here. This is a unique life study of a book that uh, I think it's fair to say many people don't know that much about. I believe you're right, Chris, and this uh, book is not well known by many, many Christians, but I believe this message and as we go through this uh, whole book, we're going to have our eyes open to a lot of marvelous speaking from God. Right. Well, as we mentioned, Francis, it's the third book of the Bible, uh, which is the divine revelation from God to man. It follows Genesis and Exodus. We've had life studies on both of these books. Maybe you could give us a very quick overview of the state of God's move with mankind by the end of these first two books. My, that's uh, quite an assignment. That is a uh, marvelous progression as we see how God's dealing with man opens up more and more progressively as we go through even these first two books. For example, Genesis starts in a very uh, wonderful way that most people are acquainted with, in the beginning, God. Right. But a lot of people have not acquainted with how it ends uh-huh. in a coffin in Egypt. That's right. So this book, Genesis, really deals with God's creation and man's fall. So these are the two ways you might summarize this whole book. If you read through it, you see how man fell from God into the state of consciousness where he went by his conscience, and then from conscience to human government under Noah, and then from human government, further rebellion, and eventually even to the world. And the final thing is death. So we end that book with a coffin in Egypt. But Exodus is wonderful that it would follow because here we have God's redemption and the building of God's house, God's habitation or the tabernacle. These two are the main things in Exodus. But the main thing is that God redeems these fallen people and he even comes to dwell among them. 
So uh, we can see how this is opening up a wide, wide door for a lot of speaking of God when we get to the book of Leviticus. I think your word here, progression, is a key word, particularly today and for the whole uh, life study of Leviticus, as we see, as God moves progressively in his revelation. It takes, uh, as we'll hear in this first section from uh, Witness Lee, the whole Bible, finally, to get the whole divine revelation. But the progression in these first three books is tremendous. The final verse in the book of Genesis says, And Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Uh, an interesting ending to the yes. first book of the Bible. But God doesn't leave us in a coffin in Egypt. Yeah, Francis yes, says, praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to see something marvelous. Let's do that. Here's Witness Lee. God's revelation in the Bible is progressive. God never tells us anything just by one book. His revelation is advancing from one stage to another stage, from one level to another level, from one point to another point, until you reach the last page of the Bible. You can never have a complete view of God's revelation. We all know the Bible begins with Genesis. That is the first book. Then Exodus. Then you have the third, Leviticus. Now we are in the third one. Let's just see how the divine revelation advances. You could see in Genesis, it reveals to us, firstly, God's creation. Secondly, man's fall. In the first words, you see God's creation. In the last verse, you see the result, the issue of man's first step fall. Where? In the cavern, buried in the world, in Egypt. This is a clear revelation in Genesis. What is in the second book? It reveals, firstly, God's redemption and the building of God's habitation. At the end of the second, you have the tabernacle. Now, in the very beginning of the third, you have the ten of meeting. That is the tabernacle where God redeemed meat. The tabernacle was to God, but the ten of meeting was to the people. The second book ends at God's tabernacle. And the third begins with the tent of meeting. In Genesis, God was in the heaven. Francis, I really love this progression that we're seeing already as it uh, opens up here. To God, it's a tabernacle, but to man, it's the tent of meeting. Talk about what this principle implies and the level to which the divine revelation has now progressed by the time we get to Leviticus. Well, the wonderful thing is that uh, we saw at the end of uh, Genesis the awful result of man's fall. When we get to Exodus, we see God has provided a redemption for us so that he can come and dwell among his people. And that's what the tabernacle indicates. This was his desire, and that's the purpose of the tabernacle, and it's very, very significant. 
But there's something more than just seeing it as a tabernacle where God dwells. So when we get to Leviticus, we see this is not only called a tabernacle, but it's called a tent of meeting. That means God is not only going to come among his people, but he wants to meet with his people. The tent of meeting is a marvelous uh, term to me because it's here that God does so much in his progression of revealing himself. It's here that he speaks, and this is what's brought out in the first chapter of Leviticus, that he's the speaking God and there's a speaking place. So it's wonderful to see that we have uh, such a progression that not only is God's habitation among his people, but also he's there meeting with his people and speaking with his people. So the tabernacle is also the temple. Both terms mean the same place. Mm -hmm, Right. But the enjoyment of him in the tent of meeting is much more significant and more intimate, I would say, where God meets with his people, we meet with one another. And this is a marvelous picture of what we're going to see it typifies the church today. Yes, Exodus is a key book. We saw this in our life study of Exodus, picking up from this low point that we've been talking about at the end of Genesis where uh, Joseph is left there dead in his coffin in Egypt, which typifies the world, really the bottom of mankind's experience there. But now God brings us to the tabernacle, which is his dwelling place with man, which becomes the tent of meeting, our meeting place with God and one another. Uh, Already the progression is uh, just tremendous, isn't it? It really is. It's marvelous to see how this opens up. Well, this progression doesn't only touch our condition, Francis, but it also reveals that God is progressive in the way he deals with man and the way that he interacts with man. That's what we're going to see in this coming section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. In the first book in Genesis, where was God? Generally speaking, God was in the heavens. Now, in Exodus, where God was? According to the record of Exodus, God was on Mount Sinai. God came down to stay on Mount Sinai to do a work, to build up his habitation on this earth. Now, in Leviticus, where was God? I tell you, God came into the tabernacle and God dwelt there. So, the first verse of this book and the last verse. Both tell us that the entire book was just a record of God speaking. And God speaking was carried out not in the heavens, nor on the Mount Sinai, but in the tabernacle. A long speaking. A long speaking that covers a span of 27 chapters. Probably this is the longest speaking of God in one record. In this book of 27 chapters, the main record is on God's speaking. And his speaking in this book was all together in the tabernacle. And today, what is today's tabernacle on this earth? The church. And today, according to the principle of topology, God speaks still in the church. The speaking of the Lord 
has been all the time in the tent of meeting. This tent of meeting is the oracle. This is the speaking place of God. God is all the time speaking in the church. Without God speaking, the tabernacle means nothing. The preciousness of the tabernacle is the speaking God. What an advancement of the divine revelation when we come to the third book. My, when we come to the third book, we come to God speaking. Not from the heaven, nor on the mount, but in the tent. Hallelujah. And here we have God speaking. This is a treasure. Francis, this really is the treasure to us, God speaking. How marvelous is this? His speaking in Exodus from the Mount Sinai, removed from man, really. He was speaking directly to Moses, and Moses got the benefit, but the people at the bottom of the mountain had to get it secondhand. But now, in Leviticus, he's speaking from the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, his meeting place with mankind. This is a whole book of uh, God speaking. It begins with his speaking and it ends with his speaking. And as he pointed out, all 27 chapters are God speaking. But before he could enter into this kind of long speaking, he had to have this dwelling place. The tabernacle, as you pointed out a moment ago, Francis, represents a number of things. But no doubt, as the place where God can speak to us, it's the most treasured, isn't it? Yes, it is really the most treasured. Uh, The fact that he speaks in the tent of meeting is very, very significant. Because when he speaks, there are those who are enjoying his speaking. And uh, this tabernacle, being the tent of meeting, is also a clear type of the church today. Because his speaking is in his dwelling place, and his dwelling place is where he comes to speak. So if we could see these two directions, that we are receiving his speaking because we are the church in this age, And this reminds me, too, of John chapter 1, where it says, The Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. This is a marvelous thing to see the Lord Jesus as the tabernacle, He Himself. But then there is such a dwelling place of the Lord today. Not the physical Jesus, who was here then. God was speaking in Him. Now the Lord Jesus has died, resurrected, ascended, and now He has come in all His members to be the speaking God, when we are corporately brought together, that means he's in the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting is where we enjoy God and God enjoys us, and there's a communion between us and God. This speaking God is really a further step in God's dealing with man, how he moves among men. He comes, not the untouchable God, as in Exodus, but he becomes the touchable and the speaking God. He comes in the tabernacle to be available, to be enterable. We saw that Exodus is the way out, but also now we see the tabernacle is the way in. And when he speaks, we are brought into God, into fellowship with God, and into an enjoyment of Christ in such a way that uh, only this kind of revelation could really make clear to us what God is doing in his progressive revelation of himself by his speaking in the tabernacle. 
If I could stay uh, on this point just a moment longer, Francis, because this is a direct application of what the divine revelation brings us in this Old Testament setting, Leviticus, to us, the New Testament believers. As you pointed out, the tabernacle or the tent of meeting is a clear type today of the church. And the significant, the treasure in the tabernacle was that that is the place where God was speaking. So today, in our experience, uh, if our church life experience is absent God's fresh, direct speaking, then really there's something uh, maybe not satisfying about that church life experience, is there? Yes, that's right. Actually, that's a good test, how low we are on the fuel. So if we want to be those who receive God's speaking, we need to be in the place where God meets with his people. Well, the advancement continues, Francis. Uh, We go from God speaking. Of course, when we get into the text and the body of the book of Leviticus, it deals uh, very much with the matter of the offerings, and these offerings are all related to our experience and worship of God. Let's join Witness Lee for this last section today. Leviticus is an advancement of God's revelation from God speaking on the mount to God speaking in the tabernacle. And uh, I also pointed out that uh, the advancement of God's revelation from Exodus to Leviticus was that it advanced from the tabernacle to what? Not just to the offerings, but to the worship and living. And worship here needs some kind of uh, explanation. Worship in Leviticus means to contact God by enjoying a common portion with him, that we may fellowship with him and with one another in front of him. And this is to worship God. We must drop the traditional worship. We must drop the so-called religious worship. If in the ancient time, David time, you go to a, a feast of the children of Israel before God, you could see there's no religious worship. What is there is just the enjoyment of all the things the people offer to God, and they enjoy all the things with God and with one another. I'd like to uh, say this again to uh, impress you and to remind you that we don't like to have the traditional and religious worship. We like to have a worship so living, so real, and so rich in Christ. This needs us to experience Christ and enjoy Christ every day. And this also needs us to exercise our spirit, to release whatever is in our spirit of Christ to share with all the other things that God enjoy, and we enjoy too. This is the advancement of the divine revelation in this book. When we would have such kind worship to contact God, 
by enjoying Christ as the common portion with God and with one another, after such a meeting, we will be holy. And such a kind of a meeting will issue in a holy life daily. Then we will be not just holy worshipers, but the holy people living a holy daily life. I tell you, dear saints, this is the advancement of God's revelation in this book. From creation through the fall to redemption. From redemption to God's habitation. Where we worship God in this way. Out of this worship, a life will come out. That is the holy living in our daily life. Now, in this book, God does not only have a habitation on this earth, but also a people worshiping him, contacting him, enjoying his Christ with him as the common portion and with one another to live a holy life, expressing the very God. This is a real advancement of the divine revelation. Francis, I think it would be fair to say if anything needs advancement, it's probably in the area of worship. Our worship needs to advance to this level, doesn't it? Yes, I say so. This is a tremendous word. In the life study before us, this book of Leviticus, our worship and our understanding and our apprehension is going to be continually challenged by Witness Lee, and I think in the verses and the way it's opened up to us. So this is a foretaste, I think, of what's ahead. Contrast a little bit for us, Francis, the kind of worship that he is pointing to here with that that is traditionally thought of in our common understanding. Well, of course, our common understanding of worship makes God very objective to us. We're trying to do something with a God who is absent from us, and we're trying to appease him or going through some kind of ritual. God's intention is to be enjoyed by us. In John chapter 4, when he spoke to the woman at the well, he says, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in reality. This way of worship that's presented in the book of Leviticus and actually throughout the whole Bible is another concept that we need to have regarding worship. Many of us were raised in an environment of religious worship, and it's not easy for us to drop this, but we should have the kind of worship that is a matter of contacting God by enjoying Christ as our common portion with God and with one another. If we have this realization that we are really not just hearing God, but now we're enjoying such a grace from God, his speaking is full of grace and so acceptable to us and we're acceptable to him. So we can have a communion with God in Christ, enjoying Christ as our portion in so many ways with all the other saints. This is a kind of worship that produces what Brother Lee was talking about, a holy life, the holy living. There is something about coming together like this, realizing we're contacting God and he's contacting us. We're entering into God and he's entering into us. Then we have kind of a, a living of this enjoyment of Christ as our everything. Mm, it's tremendous. And as we're going to get into these offerings that he alluded to, 
Of course, the point of all these offerings is to remove every barrier between God and man so that we can enter into this kind of intimate, close contact. And it's this that God really deems as worship. Well, I surely look forward to uh, further messages on Leviticus because I think we'll see in these offerings how the Lord has provided a way to us for us to be one with him. Well, I look forward to it also. Thank you, Francis. I think we've had a good start today and uh, a lot ahead of us. Please join us again very soon. Amen. We'd like to leave you with a recommendation that you contact us up front and get these printed Life Study messages at the beginning of the Life Study. Then you can be looking ahead and uh, have it right there along with you as you enjoy these programs and are able to get into these matters and investigate them for yourself as this is going to be a one rich Life Study. We uh, promise you that. To contact us about these printed portions and the other things that we offer at Living Stream Ministry, our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.